The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back to the Source of Truth podcast as we study the Source of Truth, which is the Word of God. Uh, We believe that God has the answer for every question today. And so we go through the Word of God and discuss it and break out what it is that God's teaching us. Uh, We've been going through the book of Matthew, studying the life of Christ through Matthew's gospel. And over the last couple weeks, we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount. And so that makes us right now uh, kind of second half of Matthew chapter 6. We're in verse 19 in a moment. We're going to talk about, um, there's sometimes you get scripture, what some would call a controversial subject. We've mentioned that a couple of times. Some call this a controversial subject. I tend not to think it is, but I think a lot of it is just depending on how it's taught. So the question is, what about the money? What about your money? Uh, One of the things that churches, pastors are accused of, and in some occasions legitimately, is they, they, they make people feel like all they want is their money. If you come to church, we're gonna find a way to get money from you. As a matter of fact, I have read books put out by people in one of the chapters in the book I read, and I, I only read it because I was told, and just heads up, I completely disagree with this, but one of the chapters in the book was how to get money out of your guests. Uh, and I just, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think if you're going to give to the Lord, you're going to do it. Now, we need to teach on it. We need to encourage it. Uh, we need to give the opportunity for it. We need to explain where the money's going, things of that nature. Um, but if you manipulate, the Bible tells us in Corinthians, we are to give not grudgingly or of necessity. So if I ever guilt anybody into giving, if I make it feel like it's something to where you're doing it because I ask you to do it, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver, someone who knows what they're doing, why they're doing it, giving. So why do churches do this? Why do churches talk about it? You know, and I've heard this, well, that's how you pay the bills. It's how you pay the pastor. And by the way, it's true. This is how uh, churches work. This is how we, we're able to work. It's, we are a donation-based system. As the money comes in, that is how we take care of the property. It's how we pay the staff. And Lord willing, the staff are then investing. You pay people to invest into the church, invest in the community, things of that nature. Um, but why we do it is more than that. We'll talk a little bit about this here in a second scripture, but we do it because this is what God has asked us to do. Uh, we give towards things that we find valuable. We give towards things we find important. But God has given us one, I think I want to explain, before we even jump into the verses, something we need to understand. Uh, we, if we understand that the money I have has come from God, and God has asked me in scripture to give back a portion of that. Personally, I believe 10%. Um, debate that or not, whether you debate that or not, you do know that God has stated to give back. And one man said he disagreed with tithing. He said you need to give regularly, sacrificially, and consistently. That, that's, you know, that's what he said to you willingly, consistently, sacrificially were the three things he said. So either way, you're going to look at it. That you, the scripture defines the idea that we should not be holding back on that. The first fruits, Proverbs talks about. Um, so, but why do we say that? You go back and say, well, I earned the money. It's my money. Please remember, God is the one that gave you the ability to earn that money. God has allowed you to have it. God may have gotten, given you the job. All those different things we look at. That every good, every good thing, every perfect gift coming from above comes down from the Father of lights. Um, what we have comes from God. When I think about this, when I got my car this morning to come to work, and I left my house and with my family inside of it, and I and I came here, and you know, and I was able to go buy a coffee. I had the money to do that kind of stuff. 
All of that is a reminder that this is God has allowed me to have this. God's allowed me to be in that situation. And uh, so one of the things we look at why preachers talk about it, and this might be something um, might be surprising to you, but you know that God talks about money in Bible more than he does heaven and hell combined. Uh, because he understands, uh, he understands everything, but he wants us to understand that our view on money says a lot about where we're, what we find to be important. And that's, and that's not, and I'm not saying where to put your money, not to put your money. I, the, really, the big question comes down is, are we placing God number one in our money? And that's what we're going to see in the verses here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Uh, Jesus says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and wrath destroy, and where thieves break through in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor wrath destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For your treasure is there where your heart be also. So he starts with where we're investing our money. He goes, do not uh, lay up for yourself treasures here on earth, but put them in heaven. Now here's what he's talking about. He's not saying don't invest. He's not saying don't prepare for the future. I have a retirement plan. I think it's important to have a retirement plan. God's given us wisdom. You know, if I, wanna, if I want God to provide for me when I'm in my 60s, 70s, and 80s, right? Um, he said, I did. I did all the way while you're working. For the 40, 50 years that you work, I gave you money said to, have, give, to make sure you have enough. Um, I hear a lot of people come to me throughout the years and they say, you know, God's not providing for this. I'm like, well, have you decided to not do this bill? Now they have all these extras. And sometimes God has given us the right amount of money. We're just putting it in the wrong places. So we'd have to be wise with what he's given us. But he's not talking about investing because I believe that to be quite important. Why is a serpent subtle as dove being wise with what God's given us? What he's talking about is don't find your long-term permanence in just things of the earth, in the world, okay? You, for instance, you put all your money into retirement or all your money into investments where you don't have enough to, to give into the world, to, to the Lord, to the kingdom, and then what happens if you die? What happens if God comes back before all of that? And you say, well, when I get to a certain age, then I'll give to the church, then I'll give this. What happens is when, I, when I'm investing into the world, I'm in, and sometimes, sometimes it's investing into the world's thinking, sometimes it's just putting in there. The world's empty. There's very little in kingdom work that the world can accomplish. And every once in a while, we can use these tools. But it's not. If you, if you, where you put your money, where you invest, that's where your love's going to be. So it's not wrong to do those things, but you have to do them in balance. Because here's the point, okay, if all of my money's in, in the stock market or retirement and all that, and there's okay in some level, but I can't put anywhere else, at some point, the Bible says, uh, rust, moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. So, you know, stock market could crash, someone could break into your house, you could total your car. Here's the point, if your life, your investments, your totality of everything is found in temporal, there's that chance, there's always that chance it'll all disappear. And it could be an economic crash, could be a government issue, could be the stock market, could be, again, someone breaking into your house. There could be a lot of different things that could happen, and you could lose all of that stuff. So the ultimate push is that if that's where you're putting it, you've got a great chance of losing it. He said, but lay up for yourself. Your treasure should be in heaven where these things don't happen. Thieves cannot break and steal. Now here's where he points. He concludes it with this premise, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So this is really what Jesus is trying to teach. He's trying to say in simplicity, if your investment is in the things of the earth, it's temporal, it will not last, it will not last to heaven, it will, you will leave it behind. Um, it gives you some joy, gives you some happiness, it gives you some, you can go spend it, you can go do things with it right now, but ultimately this ends, and, and if you die, this ends here. Uh, maybe it goes on to your family, or if you haven't done a will right, it goes back to the government or whatever it is. If you lay up treasures in heaven, 
when you die, you go to heaven, then you receive those rewards. Then you enjoy this great blessing in heaven because you've made it. Now, again, that's not saying don't put in earth and only put in heaven. What it's saying is don't find your permanent happiness here. Make sure the first thing you do is when God has given it to you, put it back into the kingdom, put it back into eternity. Now, how do we do that? We do that through church. That's the primary way. I'm a local church guy. We do that through the local church. And now here's what should happen. You give to the local church. The local church then has a plan in place to hire people to help minister to the church, um, puts to equip the church to move out, and then takes those funds as well and helps to love the community, helps to love the church people, helps to reach out. So your money should be put back into ministry. Money should be putting back into spreading the gospel and to loving the area. That's where the money should be going back. So if you're in a good church like we are, and that's what's happening, then you can trust that as you put that money in, it's going to go into eternity. Now, a lot of times you sit back and say, well, I don't know where everything's going. Can I challenge us in that area? If we trust where it's going, then we're, we trust the people. That's fine. Then we just live in obedience. Right? God's not going to get upset with us if I give and then it's not put where I think it should be. I give. I trust that the, the elders, the leaders of the church know what's going on, and I obey God. And that's really the premise of this. But he finalizes the great conclusion, where your treasure is there, where your heart be also. Right? Where you put your money is where your heart's going to be. Right? So if you only work and you put into money, you put into big homes, you put into all these things, there's nothing wrong with those things, but your heart's going to be there. Um, if you invest into retirement or stock market, you're, you're going to be constantly checking to see where your money's at. If you're investing into property, that's what's going to be. That's not wrong. Again, those are things aren't wrong. But the thing is, if you're putting your money into those temporal things, and you're not including what you're giving to eternal things, your heart's going to be focused on the temporal, and it's not going to be fo focused on the eternal. You can't really have an eternal heart, a heart for souls and all of that, if you've not invested yourself into it. You can say it's a good thing. You can say it's something my church should do, and I hope people are doing, but you yourself can't be really convinced of it if you're not investing yourself. And part, and part of, and there's more to it than this, but part of investing yourself is giving of your monetary value. And that's going to change. That's why God, I believe, uses percentages, not a certain amount. Because what somebody who's older, who makes more money at this point, and over somebody who may be younger or whatever, that's a different situation, you might be able to give more. Here's the key. If we ever do give because we feel like, well, I have to, or someone's looking, we miss out. But let me give you a thought about this. Since the church is where we give through, what if, you know, right now, statistically speaking, 20% of the church truly tithe? And most churches do well or comfortable with that. But what if 100%? I mean, you think about it. Four times, four to five times the amount of money going into a church. What could it do in loving on the church? What could it do in loving on the community? Uh, what, what kind of eternal impact could a church have if the vast majority of the people tithe and gave? It's just a thought about what we're striving for ultimately. So please understand I'm not a fundraiser and never will be. But I do believe this. You cannot outgive God. And God has puts his command in scripture, and if we obey it, it is amazing how God will bless you, not just in eternity, but here on earth. Thanks for joining us again this Monday. Appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate the time we have together. Hope you have a great week and a great rest of your day today. Hope you continue to join us tomorrow as we continue through this study.